All right, welcome back to There Will Be Bourbon. Tonight, I am joined by the bean to my rice, Pedro Turashina. He is the Colombian half of myself. Uh, we've known each other about, about six years now, right? Via the old the CrossFit, mm -hmm. oh, South Orlando CrossFit, where you are a coach, but also uh, you are the founder and CEO of Eloquent. Yeah. <laughs> and you are not a multimedia company. You do what? Uh, we are a graphic design, printing, and web development company. All right. So that's what he does. He's also responsible for making pretty much all of the silly ideas that I come up with over the years and putting them to life like this back here. So if you need something like this, this is the guy. All right. Where can they find you on uh, social media? Um, my business is Eloquent Inc., uh, that's the handle or my handle is not as fun. It's T-U-R-U-P. That's it. <laughs> that is true. Turopi. All right. So yeah, Pedro Turashina. And before we get into why I have him on and wanted you to hear his story, of course, this show is called There Will Be Bourbon. It is fueled by my affinity for the delicious American spirit. It is what guides my interviews with whoever I did bring on here. And tonight I'm keeping it pretty simple. Just going with a little Weller, the green label, the special reserve made by Buffalo Trace, which, as you know, by now is the the goat of distilleries and pretty much everything they do gets unnecessarily. Well, not unnecessarily, but unjustly inflated in the secondary market. So if you can find Weller once upon a time, it was probably 20, 22 dollars. Now it's at least double, triple, depending where you're at of that. But hey, that is the bourbon boom we live in. It is not aguardiente. Is that what is, is that what you forced me to drink at one point? Is that what you have? And that is what he has. There it is. This stuff, very dangerous. I would. It's not dangerous. Uh, same thing as bourbon. Not not at all. It is not the same. <laughs> it, it has alcohol like bourbon, but it is not the same. Ten percent alcohol. How much? Twenty nine. That's not even that bad. So this is oh. where, where we at on this. This is ninety proof, right? Yeah, so 45. And this is healthier. Look, sin azúcar, meaning no sugar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's no sugar in this sin azúcar as well. Uh, it, I, that doesn't make sense, though, because doesn't alcohol need sugar to create itself? I don't whatever. When not I, this one. I don't know. Not that one? That is the only <laughs> alcohol that doesn't need sugar. Okay, that's cool. So there you go. And it is from where? Colombia. It is from Colombia. So let's start there. What, when, uh, what part of Colombia were you born in? I was born in Cali, Colombia. And why do Americans know the name Cali? Uh, the question. <laughs> <laughs> so so you Cali basically is uh, season three of Narcos. Correct. That is Colombia. Okay. But that is not what Cali, Colombia is. That is how Americans or uh, U.S. learn about Cali, Colombia. That is fair. Right? And I remember, so it was probably what, 2014, like the first time I really hung out with you, we were in somewhere in downtown Orlando. And, and you kind of told me this story of where you grew up, where you're born and how your, your dad had a business there, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so, shoe company. Shoe company. So tell, tell why, what, what went on or before we get into that, what was it like growing up for you in Colombia? Cause you moved to the States when you were 13. So you obviously remember Colombia, correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. I, was, I mean, at 13, you pretty much know everything about the culture. I 
or who I am or the culture I brought into the U.S. is basically Colombian. I'm 100% Colombian. You know, everything about me is Colombian. It's true. <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we, um, so we were in Cali in the middle of all this craziness. You know, the story of Colombia is out there and a lot of people know about it. Uh, but the city where I'm from, they were having like the second wave of, uh, I would say like violence due to drugs, um, you know, with the Cali Cartel and all of those things. And there was a phone call where my dad kind of freaked out because, you know, it was three of us and he got a phone call from one of the uh, guerrilla back in, um, uh, I think it was 20... When was it? Actually, no, it was 1998, I think it was. Okay. And they basically told him that if he doesn't pay enough money or, you know, a monthly fee or um, uh, like a, it's not a ransom because. Yeah. Yeah. A bribe, I guess. Yeah. But an X amount of money, uh, they knew where we were, all three kids. So there's three of us. Um, There's four of us, but um, uh, three were like little kids you know under under 14 and so he freaked out and he's like all right it's time to take some action and we always wanted to live here in the u.s you know my brothers and i always came here for vacation you know Mm -hmm. disney world you know the typical thing and we always always wanted to learn english and kind of be fluent in english for some reason i don't know why we were so fixated into doing that but (laughs) (laughs) but every time we're here we're like oh it's so cool you know we want to do that so we're telling our parents, you know, this is the this is the place we want to be. And in the background, he was getting all of those phone calls and all of those things, you know, like kind of like not fun things. You know, he mm-hmm. actually got into a weird scenario where he got uh, kidnapped for half a day into a room full of like uh, uh, in a university, like it's full of people, like decision makers, and he. Um, uh he freaked out after that so he's like all right it's time to go and we literally sold everything in about two weeks i remember having everything with prices all around my house it was like <laughs> this is like you know x amount of dollars like get it get it out did and that cause it, any uh did, did these people know that your you, your dad was doing this did that kind of raise any? no they never noticed yeah it's funny because my parents told us don't say anything to your school friends mm-hmm. or any friends yeah. don't share this with anyone you know, it was just like quick. And I remember now, you know, at 33 or whatever, um, when I reach out to my friends in Colombia or friends, you know, I never really yeah. connected with them after, you know, Facebook and Instagram and all of it. They were like, uh, what happened to you? You disappeared out of nowhere. You're not here. Like, <laughs> did you die? Did, like, what happened to you? And I was like, no, I came to the U.S. and I've been here in the U.S. for, you know, X amount of years. But yeah, it was, it was like very abrupt. Like we didn't had a chance to say anything to our friends or anything like that so was there anything that was there anything that made your father a target or was just because he was a businessman in the community or yeah he was a businessman uh his business was all it it was big enough that it was known well known Columbia. it was called american shoes (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) okay yeah funny uh and then he um he was also a uh, teacher, like a faculty member at one of the biggest universities in Cali. Okay, so he was kind of high mm-hmm. profile, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So they knew that they could target him and, and get, I guess, some sort of uh, money or monthly payments. Right. You know? 
thing yeah. So, so you're 13. Um, where did you guys move to? Uh, so we started here in Orlando. My, my, my aunt, my father's sister, uh, she was already established here in the U.S. Um, many, many years. I mean, she grew up, yeah. I, I almost feel like she moved when she was 16. So she was here like stable. And she's like, come here to the U.S. You know, my cousins were here. Um, my, my aunt, my uncle, all of them. Um, so we had a place to come, you know, and it was in 2001, but Good for timing. some reason, for some reason, <laughs> we were like, no, we don't like it as much. We moved to Spain after three months. <laughs> what? So what month did you move to Spain in 2001? Uh, actually it was 2000, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, because that would, that would have been the year of the 9-11 attacks. And I was curious. Yeah, because I remember coming back, and it was like yeah. a month or two after, and then 9-11 happened. So I think oh, we wow. moved back yeah. officially to the U.S. Uh, maybe it was July. Maybe it was, ah, it was actually before starting school. Because I remember my parents okay. saying, like, we're going to finish this semester in Spain, and then we come back um, to the U.S., and then you start fresh your, your new year, academic yeah. year. So, yeah, and then 9-11 happened. So what was that like for you not being, you know, not being a traditional American, but obviously spending time throughout your childhood growing up, coming to the States? What was that like for you and your family? Do you remember it? I mean, I'm sure you remember it, but what, what was that like for you guys? More so your parents, I would assume they would probably be a little more scared than the average. So you you got to think that my dad, you know, high profile, let's say, you know, he was the CEO of this company, well established, and then he was the uh, faculty member of this university. So he, let's say, had it all uh, mm -hmm. professionally or career-wise. Right. Comes here and then we're living off of, the, um, it was a nice apartment. You know, it was not a nice neighborhood uh, <laughs> in Kissimmee. And probably know it well. Back in the day in Colombia, it was easier to have a maid, mm -hmm. you know, or two. So you get everything done and made for you. But then we come here and then, you have to do it all. So my dad was the one who was making our breakfast, trying to learn how to do the kitchen stuff and all of that. You know, we're little, so we're trying to learn also how to do laundry, the beds, and, you know, all of that. So that was a big adjustment for my parents. Um, I remember eating burnt eggs. <laughs> um, but then for us, it was also an eye-opener because, you know, we were – good in Colombia, but then coming here, we needed to work for it. And I remember going to a convention center with my dad and vacuuming the big, big conventions, like the big rooms when they were empty, like vacuuming everything and, and basically working, you know, Yeah. at 13. So <clears throat> that's when it really like shifted our minds and all five of us, mom, dad, and, and brothers were like, okay, we got to start doing something so we can like, so Grow. Did, did you think it was going to be the opposite because you had been coming to you thought it would be like Colombia or even better essentially yeah yeah <laughs> that's good though because you learned a, you learned you, i mean you you weren't expected to or expecting it but you learned i think a work ethic at a fairly young age that most americans don't let's be honest so, <laughs> they don't and it's okay that but um no and, oh. and don't get me wrong i mean 
I, I talk to a lot of friends in Colombia that are my age now, and some of them are still at home or not, I guess, career-wise or not, like, where they should be at, at 33. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's, like, the same in Colombia. But changing and coming here to the U.S. made us open up our eyes to, you know, a different mindset, you know? Like, you got to get you gotta get to work to make things happen, you know? Yeah, and, and you were drawn to because as far as I've as long as I've known you, you've had your business. So you were never really drawn to just let me go get a job somewhere. You always kind of wanted to be your own boss or have your own company. Is that because of your father or what? Is that just something you fell into? Yeah, for some reason, since I was little, I I remember always wanting to do my own thing. Always, yeah. you know, like one because my my mom back in Colombia she owned her own uh, store. So mm -hmm. she will uh, sell like uh, merchandise and like gifts and things like that for for the ladies that worked at my father's company. So it was like a win-win situation because mm -hmm. he had like about 70 employees and then she had the store set up outside. So every lunch break, they will go into her store and they will buy a whole bunch of stuff. Give all the money back, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it, it was, so she always had her own business and actually she also had her own, um, uh, it was like, aesthetic aesthetics like uh, body and facials and all yeah. of that uh, treatments so always worked on that and then my father always had her, his own business so we always saw that growing up yeah are you the oldest no no I'm the middle because you have like what 15 brothers <laughs> <laughs> we're four four brothers okay well yeah. you can't really be in the middle of four bro you know how that I guess I'm the. <laughs> you have to. It has to, to have a middle. There has to be an odd number. True. Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> Are you the second or the third? I am the third. Okay, so you're no, you're like you're the you're the three fourths is what you are. Yeah. So okay, so you're you're not the oldest, but you're not the youngest, and you're not the uh, second youngest. Let's just clear that up for everyone trying to figure this out. So that's good. Okay. Wait, no, I am the second youngest. You are the second youngest. Wait, yeah. you just said you were the second oldest. No, I'm the second. I'm the third one. Bro. <laughs> so you're the second youngest, I, not the second oldest. So you have how many older brothers? Two. Okay. And you have one younger brother. Yeah. So I'm this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're the second youngest. There you That's go. Still yeah. not technically the middle because you can't. Right. right. But I got it. Um <laughs> You guys want a cat by chance? Because I got a cat over here that Maddie has, and I'm a, no, thank I'm, you. I'm not going to threaten the cat because it's going to be recorded, and I don't need this used against me one day when I toss her over the balcony. Um, <laughs> all right. So and then so all your brothers, you guys all work together now. Uh, no, right now there's just my second and myself, just two of us. Oh, just two of you. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. The all oldest. Right. Oldest, uh, he actually stayed back in Colombia because he was going for, um, uh, he wanted to be a doctor, become a doctor. Okay. Um, so he stayed there and he actually uh, made it happen. He, he, oh, he did it for, actually, he, he just got here a few, not a few years ago, maybe like seven or eight years ago. But he finished his school and career and everything and, and, and did it for a little while and then came here and moved, moved to Orlando. Is he a doctor here? Still in the works now. Officially, actually, a few months ago, he got certified. So it, it's a oh, long good. process. Yeah, yeah, um, no, that's yeah. 
Yeah. A lot of American students go overseas to become doctors because it's just, it's shorter, it's quicker to get there. Uh, a lot of the, the, the other countries, they have instruction in English. So I've seen that a lot, but when they try to come back to the States, it's like starting all over. It's crazy. Yeah. That's um, what happened with them because you have to do a lot, a whole bunch of tests and yeah. you got to study for them. And it's like going back to school, basically. So he's a doctor. He knows how to be a doctor, but just can't, can't, do, it, yeah. <laughs> can't do it. I, I appreciate you and all your doctorness, but now we can't use you. That's crazy. Um, but you know, remember that one time we were at the gym um, and I, I think you were there and I was doing a, I think it was a clean and jerk, really heavy clean and jerk at 135. <laughs> that's like how much you weigh though so that's not bad basically right <laughs> and then i dropped it on my leg i think it was my right or yeah my right uh shin and oh, started like that. yeah yeah like yeah. throwing blood everywhere and i was like yeah. okay i didn't have insurance i was like you know his <laughs> owner no insurance nothing like what do i do now call my brother and then he sutured the whole thing there you go that's that's pretty high speed so he's uh he was a glorified paramedic that day for you and didn't get yeah. paid for it but that's good yeah. it's good to have that i do remember that good times okay so yeah. and uh so how far away is he from becoming a a med american doctor i'm gonna cat i'm gonna choke you anyway <laughs> he um so he just got certified about a it just happened like two months ago. Oh, okay. So he's working as a doctor now here. No, because you know it was. It just happened, and then COVID. Okay. So. Yeah. How is that? How's that going for you guys in Orlando? How is that? Florida. Have you heard the news? I mean, every state is whatever. I mean, literally, that's what Florida is. Whatever. Yeah, it's just whatever. You guys just doing yeah. whatever at this point. Not gonna lie. I mean, I, it, you know, I another story so i was uh stuck in spain that's right when that happened right happened yeah i forgot about that you guys took a trip to spain damn that's right yeah. so what was that like all right so you're over in spain what month was this february so we left the last week of february yeah, yeah. so you you went over there in february and then you're over there and everything kind of hits the fan the, the the travel ban goes into place no one's allowed to come back or go anywhere unless you're americans uh-huh Okay, so you how'd that so go? We, uh, so we were there for 19 days. Uh, we're trying to come back earlier because we didn't know what was happening. You know, Spain was already shut down. Day two after we got there, it was like closing. Yeah. So we were basically stuck in our Airbnb, 13 of us. <laughs> oh, shit. Damn. Yeah. Um, so we're like, okay, let's try to come back. And then as soon as Trump announced the, uh, the closure... Every single flight went up four times, five times, six times. It was like four thousand dollars to come back for a one way. That's crazy per person. And I don't don't get me wrong. I thought about it. I was like, well, let's put on a credit card and then figure it out when I get back. Yeah, you know. But thirteen times four, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. That's 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 crazy. So nineteen days. You're in Spain. What 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 would so you're seeing that from their perspective. What were you what were you thinking when that was going on? Were you It was scary. I yeah. I've been to Spain a couple of times, but this is the first time that I feel like literally out of place. Yeah. Everything was shut down. Um I was with my baby, she was eight months old. And mm. to buy diapers, it was through a gate. It was like literally like a war. Like you probably know mm. I'm yeah, this yeah. 
That's crazy. Yeah. It was like literally through a gate and I'm like knocking there and I'm like, hey, I need diapers for my baby and, and, and formula. And it was very, very scary. You know, you have to stand in line like six feet apart. Uh, no cars in the street. Like if you are out, you will go to jail, like 500 euros, um, fine. So it was basically just go out, get diapers and come back, go out, go to a supermarket. Or it was only limited hours. So I started living all of this in Spain. And then this whole thing happened in the U.S. You know, Spain was the second country to shut down. It was Italy yeah. and then Spain. Yeah. Actually, China, Italy, and then Spain. Right. So it was like, all right, this is scary. And I have 13 of my family members, three babies in the crew, and in a small little apartment in Airbnb all the way back in the small so town of, of So you guys, weren't, you guys weren't social distancing is what you're saying? In our room, in our apartment. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I can imagine. Cause I remember I, 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 I realized you guys were there cause I saw some of your, your, your vacation stuff, but then I realized it's like, wait a minute. Did you yeah. come back from fucking Spain yet? Shit. That guy's still yeah. there. And, uh, yeah, I remember. You know, it was funny cause when, when he made the announcement, it was 8 PM here in the U S and it was 2 AM over there mm-hmm. and I'm sleeping, you know, obviously yeah, so wake up to it all i hear is my phone vibrating whole bunch of you guys texting me yeah. you gotta come back now and i'm like what and, I, and i'm like halfway asleep i'm reading all these like 19 messages from different people come back come back come back you gotta come back and i woke up daniela i'm like we gotta come back now and she's like what she started freaking out running everywhere it was like literally home alone like the movie like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Packing. I woke. I woke up everyone. They're packing. It was two a.m. over there, and I'm like, "All right, take a shower, pack your bags, get the baby ready. Everyone, get ready. Everyone's running around in the little apartment while I'm trying to book a, a flight because we didn't have a flight. I was trying right. to get, and it started at four hundred bucks per person. I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna book this." Then it went up. As soon as I refresh, eight hundred, two thousand, four thousand. Because I obviously like people airlines they didn't know what was happening. Yeah, they just need to sell the seats. Yeah. So it was crazy. One of my family members made it because as soon as he announced, she went on the on the phone. She was awake and she's like, boom, I'm leaving in, in five in five hours. I'm like, damn, I got to do it now, like <laughs> for everyone. So anyways, that happened and, and we were stuck there. We actually um, we had a rental car and I remember leaving the Airbnb, getting in the car driving two hours to the airport because we were very deep into the country of uh, in Spain. Mm-hmm. Driving the two hours, we didn't stop. It was like two cars into the air- airport, into the terminal. Here's the key, into the gate. Everyone was going nuts in the airport, everyone. And as soon as they saw us, they're like, I'm sorry, but you can't fly. And we're like, why? Because your flight got canceled. Gosh. <laughs> And then I, I was the, the, the rep for my family and I'm standing in front of the camera. I'm like, all right, ma'am, there's 13 of us. We drove two hours to this airport and I don't have a place to stay and everything's shut down. And she looked at my family and they're like, 13? And I'm like, yeah, we got to get on that plane. And it was going to London and then London to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Air, airport control, whatever, like stop the plane this 13 member family needs to get on that plane they need americans yeah and she's like (laughs) they need to leave the country right now they need to go and then figure it out at the next stop yeah 
literally they stopped it, it was running through the airport like they were checking you know doing that all those security measures all that the the passports my mom is a resident uh like she has a resident card she's not a mm. uh she is, uh, oh yeah 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 gotcha. oh shit wait so this is about to get interesting yeah yeah so we get all 12 through the gate and I'm waiting. And then my mom is the last one. And she has a Colombian passport with a green card. And then they start looking at the rules, like all these politics things. Yeah. Big binder about the rules, about the U.S., blah, 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 and this and all London. And then anything about pandemics like, in there? Nothing. No, okay. nothing. <laughs> but they're, they're trying to go and follow the rules. Yeah. But then she is like, I'm sorry, ma'am, you can't fly. And my mom is like, what? Like, what am I going to do? And then my mom is looking at me. Everyone's through the gate. I'm like waiting for my mom. I'm like, and my mom looks at me with this sad face, like, don't leave me here. Because I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm like, meanwhile, my baby, my wife, and everyone else who made it through the gate. And I'm like looking at my wife through the, through the window. And I'm like, she can't fly. And I'm like, I can't leave. I can't leave my mom here in, in the middle of this closure pandemic. I don't know what's going on. Long story short is that the ladies didn't care. They were like, fuck it. Just get on the plane and figure it out over there. The worst flight ever. I'm like thinking, I'm like Googling. I'm like, what are the rules in, for when in London? Yeah. Yeah. Like for a. They may not let you play through customs. Right. right. And, and we all had to go to, through customs. And I get there and I was like, explain the whole thing to the, the London rep or uh, the officer. And she was super nice. And I was like, look, I, I'm in this position and I was not supposed to be here. And I don't know what to do. And I don't have a flight to go to, to the U.S. Like, yeah. I don't, there's nothing. I just, I'm here and I don't know what's next. And she's like, all right. For the whatever rule, she read the whole thing, the, the whatever. This and this and that. She is approved to stay in the country for 48 hours. Boom. Stamp the passport. But she cannot go anywhere but the, the, your hotel. And I'm like, fine, I don't care. She has to leave the country in 48 hours. And I'm like, fine, I don't care. Like, let me let me go figure it out. Mm-hmm. And nothing. It was crazy over there, too. We didn't have a flight to come back home. So we had to find a hotel. We had to, uh, we stayed, like, at the airport for eight hours looking for a flight. Everything was canceled. Everything was gone. Nothing to Orlando. Everything was closed. Only 13 uh, entry points. Mm-hmm. And the closest one was Miami. So we made it to the next flight and it was just 30 people in that big plane. Just the 13 of us and a few other people. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad though. That's a good way to travel. I was like, uh, kinda... no, no food, no water. Uh, yeah, okay. All right. Make me feel bad about it. But yeah, I got you. Okay. So drinking then. Yeah. But yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if there's one thing England's going to still do during the pandemic. It's probably serve alcohol or have it for you at least. No, so you you get to Miami, how, what was so? What was that like? Uh, the bag was stolen by uh, another lady. Classic. I don't think it was stolen. I think it was a uh, just an honest uh, mistake. She grabbed the bag and left. So I'm running through the entire airport looking for my bag. Made a claim. Everyone's going nuts. Everyone's going crazy. It was like the worst time to be at an airport. Um. So we, and you know, we're jet lagged. We've been traveling. It took us 33 hours to get here to Orlando. <laughs> From Spain? From Spain. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. And 
not nothing. The lady uh, took it. And you have an eight. Let, let real quick. He he had an eight month old at the time. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I was carrying her the whole time here because I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was happening. So and the baby knew what was happening. I think she was just kind of chill. She didn't cry. She didn't complain. She saw me running back and forth at Miami airport. And I'm like literally carrying her here on my chest. Mm. Not even a single cry. She was like, chill, like relax, nothing. Like she knew, I, I, I think she was feeling my heart maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And, and she's like, this is not the time to fuck around with him. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That's, that's a good story. Cause I think most people would think it'd be the opposite. It was just like, Oh man, it's an eight month old. Cause you know how it is. If you fly with yeah. kids that aren't yours, you're like, man, someone shut that baby up. You know, but so. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> entire time she didn't complain one single bit and we couldn't carry any food for her so mm. it was like whatever we have on the on the little bottles and that's it you know so we had to make it last the entire yeah. time oh, it's crazy that is nice. but yeah end up renting a van uh 16 passenger van nice <laughs> road trip and, back to yeah. back to orlando yeah, and then made it here. As soon as I opened that door, I was like, I shut that door here in my house, and I'm like, wow. Like, now what? Right. And now what? Everything yeah. is closing here. Then the whole thing started over again. Yeah, and you have a business. So how was that? Um, aside from you and your brother, do you how many how many employees do you have that were working for you? So before the pandemic, we had five employees. So it was total seven. Okay. How, seven. how many do you have now? Uh, five. Okay, so you lost two. No, the other one's uh, still on and off. Okay, but um, I was gonna say, so how how was the whole pandemic? So you get back February, March, whatever it was, and everything's shutting down nationwide at this point. But you, your business is obviously dependent upon. You're not very much. You're not really a, like a walk-in type of. No, like, well, not like a brick and mortar type thing. Like you kind of kind of have to make your business work essentially, right? And guess what? Yeah. Now, through the pandemic, now we have a brick and mortar pretty much. I know. I saw that. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. That's true. So, uh, that uh, so, CDC pretty much forced us, the traveler ones, to stay here for 14 days. So, I couldn't go anywhere. Right. I stay here at home. And my brother was kind of panicking, too. Uh, he started to panic. And I was like, bro, I've already been through a pandemic over there. Like, yeah, already, it was a big yeah. <laughs> So we end up shutting the office, but we asked everyone to take the computers that work from home. Okay. But we weren't getting, like, we had a big, big order before the pandemic, and it was for promotional products. So we were basically uh, producing, mass producing large amounts of promotional products. And guess what? They were coming from China. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were. Coming uh -huh. from China, they yeah. were holding a cancel, <laughs> and after that, you know, it was a big project for us, and everything else got canceled after that. And then we saw a lot of like we were booming before this, you know, yeah. in February, and then everything went down. So we uh, decided to keep the crew working, but lower hours. And they work from home and we created this program to help the community. Uh, it was called Elo Cares. So our name is Eloquent, so Elo Cares. There you go. <laughs> um, and it was basically helping 
businesses that were shutting down or adjusting or changing the hours or staying open, but with different regulations or, you know, rules, it was to help them promote their business through social media images. So let's say you were selling bourbon. I will come to you and say, hey, for free, I want to create six images, whatever message you want to put on them. And it's just for you so you can continue promoting your business. But I started calling every single customer that I had since day one. We opened back in 2013. So it's been seven years worth of clients. Reaching to every single one of them. And through calling, we got a lot of uh, HelloCare's packages. We helped about 17 businesses for free, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, an in-kind effort for, for clients. But through the phone calls, we were getting new business. Yeah. A lot of people saying, you know what? It's been slow. I want to do my website. You know what? I'm not doing anything. This is the time to get this done. Yeah. And slowly, slowly, I was like getting like new potential clients, new things going on. And I was like, okay, maybe I don't have to shut down completely. Maybe I can keep them working. So long story short is that we never really closed. Yeah, we don't do long story short here, bro. So sorry, you're no. going to have to. No, but I think what, what you highlighted on is, so two things that jump out to me was, um, you still live in Orlando, right? Yeah. Okay. What 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 side of town are you on? Are you, are you still south or? Conway and Michigan. I don't know if that. Okay, yeah, no, I know. So, Prob- okay, so not technically that close, I would say, but probably like the distance for you to drive to Sanford is like where San Francisco is for me. Like I live in Napa now, right? So San Francisco. So I've been going to San Francisco off and on for four years now that I've been out here and I've seen like, it's obviously, it's a, it's a, it's a very big city, right? A lot of people always in the city until this stuff happened. And obviously part of Silicon Valley, but big, very tech centered, um, Facebook, all your social media companies there, they all have offices there, your video designers, game designers, all that stuff. They've got them there. Right. Well, what's come out of this is kind of what you talked about. Like it forces you to be creative and figure out ways to do stuff. But what it's also doing is putting people remotely. And I see two things with this. And I don't know if you've thought about it like this or, or not, but I'll just throw it out at you is that not just San Francisco and not just you, but I think the country is realizing because we've shifted to a very service-based economy, like we provide services at this point, we're not producing as much as we used to. Service can, can be done remotely. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be somewhere to physically do a lot of this stuff. And, you know, in the military, what we say is when we, when we do something, we then think of what are the second and third order effects. So I call Pedro for this interview. Well, what happens next? And then what happens after that, right? That's your second and third order effect. Well, all these companies, these major companies, Facebook, Instagram, Google, all this stuff that have offices and all this stuff and employees that are no longer working there, they're working from home and they realize they don't have to be there. They can still do their stuff from home. That's going to cause your real estate market in the city to collapse. Yeah. You know, and then there's people still leaving the city to move and go elsewhere. Um, So I think that's something that while... America always does this in response to crisis. We always get creative. It, it, it sparks opportunity for ingenuity like you did. You, you figured out ways to grow your business even during this. A lot of people are doing that, but there's also going to be something that's going to come from it that's going to be negative and, and it's, it's, going to, it's going to hurt that aspect of it. Right, 
which right, may right. be good because San Francisco is not a cheap place. You know, maybe that brings prices down. I don't know if it does. I don't know enough about real estate or any of that shit to, to be able to say that. But I do see that because I saw it when I was up in Roseville and Rockland when, it, you know, now I'm 30, 45 minutes from San Francisco when I before I was hour and a half, two hours. There's still people that would live there because for 600,000, they can get a home for what costs two and a half million in San Francisco. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'll yeah. drive in order to not have to right. spend $10,000 a month in a mortgage. But yeah, that's just something that I, I was wondering if you're seeing that with being in, where you are in Orlando, like if, if a lot more people are being able to work from home, but what that's doing to traditional brick and mortar places, so, which you now have, which is interesting. <laughs> that's a, that's a different yeah. story too. Yeah. Uh, uh, so most of our clients are in the medical field. Okay. Uh, we have medical and we have legal. We have a whole bunch of uh, lawyers and then fitness. Right. So if you really think about it, when you put those three into perspective, that is exactly what kept going through the pandemic. Everyone wanted to work out. Everyone wanted to go to the doctor and everyone had a lawsuit, especially here in Florida. <laughs> you know, that's true. So, you, found, you found a good market. That's good then. Yeah, we were always in that market. But right. I guess through this pandemic, I think people were needing those services, you know, so they our clients were looking like, for example, we did a um, we did a website for one of our lawyers. He's a, uh, a PI attorney. Mm hmm. And he had done. He ended up doing a bankruptcy uh, website because he was expecting, or he's expecting, a lot of bankruptcies in the next couple of months. Yeah. And it's sad, you know. It's sad to to think that way, but he's preparing for that, you know. So, like me, I'm thinking all of my clients were also molding and adjusting to the new normal, you know, yeah. or the new. Things. Yeah, I refuse to what? assume that this is going to be the new normal. I'm like, I'm very. No, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to do what I have to do. But at the same time, I think this is something we will overcome. We always figure out yeah. ways, you know, people are very resilient. It's not just Americans, just people in general. We've been on this planet for a long time. We'll figure out how to survive this. You know what I mean? But no, I think you bring up a good point is that, and I've seen this very differently out here in California um, because California and Florida have been very different in the way they've handled things. And I think initially there's a lot of support for it, but now as it's gone on and really hurt the industries here, you know, whether it's, and the fires out here haven't helped. So everything's just kind of been pretty, pretty, pretty shitty, but no, I see like the, like, uh, you know, there, there's historic landmark clubs and restaurants, for example, in San Francisco that have been forced to close because, you know, they couldn't open for, six seven months yeah. um but you think about all the people that are affected by that you know in terms of employees uh that's kind of the very fortunate thing like me like i'm very fortunate i i from what i do i i, I am secure in what i do at this point um you know my girl she's a you know a businesswoman like you're a businessman and it has to create that revenue still somehow um but those employees who are just part of that service or part of that industry like that's gone and it's not coming back but it does open up opportunities for people who think like yourself to come in and create something new. But in the meantime, we're hurting a lot of people by something that I don't think there's a very clear consensus on, on how to deal with. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, my, my dad coming from Colombia, you know, he was, you know, the guy and then came yeah. here and then he started at uh, working as a banquet server. 
And, you know, here in Florida, that is a big thing. You know, you get big conventions and you get big, big uh, groups that come here. And then he decided to yeah. go into this. And he, since we came here for 22 years, he's been doing the same thing, you know, and they make really good money, like right. over 100K every single year. So, you know, he, he got used to it and he was working on that. But then what happened? COVID happened and everything shut down. They fired everyone. And Orlando is a um, hospitality industry. Is like oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the biggest thing here. Mm-hmm. But now it's not. So my dad had to reinvent himself at almost 60 years. He's like looking around. He's like, well, yeah, the unemployment and all these things are available. But what is going to happen after? Right. You know, the conventions are not going to come back. His role as a banquet server is not going to happen. You know, especially with COVID, people are going to be like, no, I don't want to eat there. You know? So he actually shifted his career and now he's a pest control specialist and, and what what is always going to be around in florida pest control pest. <laughs> <laughs> no that's yeah. smart I, I think that's very smart yeah he saw an opportunity that's that's good man because yeah i had a buddy i used to do music with who who did that and uh dude makes you know he's always gonna have a job I mean, that's, that's the most important thing, but I think you bring up a good point about the conventions and how these, cause Las Vegas, for example, is, is very similar to Orlando when it comes to conventions. Like the, the major thing that draws people into Las Vegas for tourism, obviously is conventions. And we went, when Vegas finally opened back up, we went in June and Vegas was like a ghost town, man, from one side of the strip on like everything yeah. South of like, I think I want to say everything south of the Bellagio was just completely closed up still. Wow. Right. So there's no conventions, nothing. But like inside, we stayed at Caesars and it was still, it seemed somewhat normal. Some of the stuff wasn't open. Some was, none of the clubs are open. You know, the pools were still very much open. Uh, but we went to this, this restaurant that's right on the strip side uh, outside of Paris and inside Paris, like I've never seen a casino that wasn't, on you know not full but even like you go like even if you have a late night you stumble in at like three four in the morning there's still like music or you know there's lights and there's people there was nothing it was dark because you had to go inside if you wanted to use the bathroom from this restaurant like didn't have one in the restaurant you had to go in the hotel or inside the casino and i was like dude that's just creepy man like it, it really is and but it brings about something that i've always thought about and i think i, th- I think a lot of people um think about it a little bit more in these times is that it's just how fragile society is man yeah it just takes this and what 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 was to happen for example what if they even said hey even if you're american you're not coming back and you're stuck in spain with 13 of your family members like because that's a very real thing like well, there's nothing that says they ha- i mean i get it you were you were based on your american status they allowed you to come back but they didn't like they didn't have to no, you're right. Like if they really wanted to treat it in this worst case scenario, they can say, Hey, look, nobody's coming into any country and you're stuck. And then what? Yeah. You know I mean, so that's why I think like, and I, don't I think- did, I, I thought about it. I was like, okay, so what's going to happen? I'm going to have to go to the field and start picking up uh, the eggplants. Cause my, my cousin <laughs> knew uh, of a guy that picks eggplants over there. So I was like, all right, picking eggplants, I think is a new trait for me now. <laughs> See, but I think that's what's good about you is that you're always in the mind frame of you're always someone who's trying to make the best of whatever situation they have. I don't think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people look for someone else to solve their problems. 
Mm-hmm. Whereas you're different. You're, you're someone who is going to try and solve the problem yourself because people count on you. People are relying on you. You're a family guy now. It probably, which brings me back to the question I wanted to get back to. So you were 13 years old when your dad made the decision to bring you guys to the States. Yeah. Um, Thank you, by the way. That was really nice what you just said. Oh, no, it's true, though. I mean, I just people listening to this will probably pick up on that as well. Like the first thing you said is you came up with a solution. It wasn't like, oh, what do I do? Who's going to feel sorry for me? Who do I call on to help me? No, you're like, let me figure out a way to help myself. I think that's the difference between someone like yourself and a lot of people, not just Americans, but a lot of people. They're not built that way. Um, And it's why people go into, I think, the industries that they do. You're not most people don't become businessmen or open their own business because they're, they're afraid to fail or whatever reason, but that's not how you're constructed or built. You're built to be a solution finder. That's who you are. So that's why I wanted to bring up now, now that you're a father, do you understand your dad's decision to bring you guys to the States a little better or is it something that you, yeah. A thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I actually never questioned my dad or my mom for making mm-hmm. that decision. I knew it needed to happen. Yeah. You know, I knew we needed to be somewhere else. Um, quick story, back in the day or in school, I was bullied in school in Colombia. So I never Was it because really, your I, hair was too good looking? Is that what it was? Which wouldn't make sense because everyone that's Colombian has good looking hair. So I don't know what that <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I think I, I think really everyone from Colombia is good looking too, but go ahead. no i was saying like um i wanted to get out of that situation too yeah you know so i think i never really complained i was like all right let's go you know let's pick up and go and then start fresh somewhere else um i think my brother the one one uh, uh, for me uh he uh he was a little concerned about it he he had a little bit more of a an issue you know because he had a lot more friends and he was yeah he's older he was about to graduate so he's like mm-hmm. in colombia he graduated uh in 11th grade and then here is 12th mm-hmm. grade yeah so he's like i'm gonna i want to stay here let me finish me at my 11th grade you know high school and then i can go and, and go to uh university but we're like or my parents were like no you gotta come so it was a little rough on him you know but in the long run i think like if if you ask him today he's a hundred percent like grateful for that decision you know mm-hmm. yeah that's crazy um and i bring that up i only bring it up because you you are a father now so obviously how old is your daughter uh 16 months do the math yeah so she's a, it's a year and four months so okay so things are probably getting a little easier than they were when she was eight months and you were running around airports. Um, yeah. A lot more fun. She always looks like a little happy, little happy camper. She's always got a big old smile on her face. Good thing. She looks exactly like Daniela. So that is. Oh, oh my gosh. Here we go. Everyone she does. Says- she does. She's like the, she's like the small version of Daniela. She just runs around. Maybe we could put a picture and then let people decide if that's true. I mean, you could put all the pictures up that you want. Yep. There. Oh, nope, that's your phone. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys imagine an adult version of that, and that's his wife. So that's Daniela. Um, doesn't look anything like Pedro. <laughs> no, but in a good way, not in a bad way. She has your hair. Yeah. True. <laughs> look at it. Yeah, um, bro, you gotta you gotta meet her. It's 
it's incredible. I know. I'm overdue. I'm overdue. Um, you resemble all like both of us. Like everything that she does has a purpose, to, and it's all like after me or Daniela. Yeah. Like everything. Yeah, my daughter's the same way. She's she's gonna turn 15 in December, and like her sarcasm and her like some like crazy humor that she has is like every time she says something now, I I catch myself like, all right. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. That's me. That's me. Yeah, that's funny though. That's cool. So how? Bro, how... You posted with her. You guys are exactly the same. Yeah, like, she, she's got her, some. Her. She's got some of my look, but yeah. for the most part, she's uh, she's definitely the two of us, like you said. Like the way your your daughter is of two of you. Like yeah, there's there's yeah. stuff that you see there. The the things that frustrate me are definitely her fucking mom. So I'll put that <laughs> out there. Which will come. Your your time will come. So is uh so she's walking, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. She running yet? She doing laps with Walk, you? Running. running. What? She was running. I took her. Don't tell Daniela. <laughs> Daniela, don't listen to this. Stop if you are from this point on. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I um I took her to the park last weekend. Took her shoes off because you know it's better to run without shoes. Running, 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 <laughs> and she's just learning how to run. And then I noticed that she was com- like going like this to her toes, like trying to mm-hmm. like wipe it off. And I'm like, oh, whatever, it's grass. You know, it was just raining, it's grass, whatever. Kept running. I was like, keep running, keep running. And she's like, ah, laughing, laughing, laughing. <laughs> then after a while, she sits on the ground and she's like, ah. bro, like a little porcupine thing. I don't know. It was yeah, like, yeah, those things. Yeah. Florida, you don't see those out here. Like right here, like one of her little toes. Oh, and I'm like, <laughs> take it out. Then one of them broke in there, so I had to go ah, get. Damn. Try to get it out. She's, you know, not cooperating. She's crying, and yeah. Long story short, her her uh, little toes were like swollen when I got home. <laughs> Daniela, it wasn't. It was like that when he found her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me. Yeah, there's gonna be more of those, man. Like I, I think one of the funniest stories I had was uh, I was still living in Florida and. I think Jazara was probably like six or seven and she got stung by a wasp and the, the oh. stinger was stuck inside her her hand. And yeah. it was just like waterworks, man, the whole time. And I'm just trying to get it out as quick as possible because I'm a baby, like at heart. Like when I see her upset, I get upset. So I was trying to be like, oh, you're fine. And then inside I'm like, man, <laughs> poor thing. She's going to die. You know, something, whatever, you know, yeah. no she's not going to die. But yeah, uh, she's been healthy though yeah yeah that's good because that was the other thing i don't even know if i told you this or not but no jazara was like she was pretty sick like her first year first two years she was always kind of getting sick and i remember we were like six months she was six months old and i had to take her to the emergency room one night and she had to get a spinal tap and oh. then, like bro i lost it like because no. like the little kid she's six months they're like that big and like, she's oh, on her stomach getting the spinal tap she's just she doesn't know what's going on and i'm just yeah so it's crazy man kids like all of a sudden everything shifts from whatever well i i i have a funny story Uh oh are you expecting another no 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 okay (laughs) no 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 No, um i think she was six months and i was taking care of her daniela was working at the time before all this whole covid thing and she woke up like very like congested Mm. like we were like you know like coughing and whatever but i was telling her we enroll her in daycare you know because daniela was working and i you know i'm working too so 
we didn't know. Like when you take a baby to daycare, the first thing that happens is they get sick. Yep. You know, I didn't know that. Well, she wakes up, you know, I usually take care of the morning routine because Daniela was working really early, getting her ready. And then I see a lot of mucus and I see a lot of coughing. I rush to the ER. ER, not regular <laughs> ER, the emergency room. Yeah. $1,500 later. Damn. That, that, it's nothing. It's just a little cold. Literally. <laughs> Don't go to the emergency room. Yeah. I learned. So what I learned out here, just based on what I do is like uh, people with uh, money and insurance, they go to the hospital for everything. And the people who don't, they never go. And they're fine. They don't have any medical history to worry about. So it's funny in a way, because I've learned, I've learned the different socioeconomic areas that I worked from like the, if the affluent to the, the not so well yeah. off, but no, I think that's funny because uh, a lot of people do the same thing. They'll go to the ER or what they do here is they go to the ER, but they just never pay it. You're oh. too honest for that. So I know, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it was funny because at the end, I, the doctor, literally the diagnosis was like, it's just a cold. And then he literally sat, they sent two doctors, you know, because I'm in the ER, you know, yeah. and, and she, with the little thing here and it's yeah. tiny and then they send the first doctor and they're like yeah we hear a little bit of blah 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 you know like all like proper or whatever they send the second doctor and he's like all right bro sits in front of me he's like all right first kid right and i'm like yeah um she has nothing my diagnosis is like nothing go home and just give her uh uh elderberry or whatever that is elderberry, yeah. um and that's it so what? why and, and then he's, he questioned me. He's like, and wh why are you here for real? And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, for real, like what's happening? And I'm like, nothing. I'm concerned. I'm sorry, but there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. Why did you call your brother, bro? I did, actually. I did, but <laughs> no response. No response. It's never my first ring. So I'm like, fuck it. To the yeah, ER. <laughs> you should charge your brother $1,500 then yeah. since uh, he cost you. Good that. idea. I'm going to take a clip of this uh, video and send it to him. Hey, whatever. <laughs> it just remember, I need 10%. Yeah. Okay, I need Don't worry. I need 150. Okay, like a, a portion of it. <laughs> yeah. I need finder's fee. Uh, I'm yeah. like the collection agencies. That's good, man. So, so what is, what's, what, so we've, we've covered all the challenges through COVID. Um, how's that been for you guys at the gym? Because I know, I know I how it same. is out here, so we're still not. I am the same way as you since, yeah. you know, I, I went through the whole quarantine here in my house and I was like, all right, I'm ready. You know, I was going back to my office. I was like, I, I need to get out and try to make a normal yeah. life again. Um, obviously, I, you know, I have my hand sanitizer in my car. I have my mask, you know, and I, I follow rules and directions when I'm out in the supermarket, wash my hands more than often, you know. But I was the first one at the gym. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually helped out Trev because they actually took the time while they were closed to make a, a few uh, adjustments and, re you know, remodel kind of thing, yeah. you know, on the gym. So I was helping around and I was always like staying active because I really needed that. I couldn't yeah. stay here. 
you know, I was coming from 19 days in Spain and then 17 here. I was like, I can't. I yeah. gotta, I gotta get out. Yeah. So I was helping Trev out a little bit, and then as soon as they opened the gym, I was like the first one there. I think that's what people don't realize is because uh, you mentioned it. Um, it drove like people crazy, like, oh, well, can't go to gym, so everyone's got to order equipment and stuff. And there's yeah. stuff still back ordered for the most part. Like it's still hard yeah. to find some things, but I think what I've noticed is a health and fitness, as you know, through CrossFit thing, that's really taken off, uh, probably took off more. So late two thousands, early 2010s, because of the CrossFit games, like what kind of drove the expansion of CrossFit, but you know, like the health and wealth, welfare, health and wellness, whatever it is, it really probably started to take off from like the eighties, nineties, you know, the eighties bodybuilding was very popular jogging, running those things were, and then, you know, fitness programs throughout the nineties. And then obviously CrossFit and whatever there's, there's something for everybody at this point. So America, I think has gotten much more healthy and the world has at this point, because the CrossFit has been introduced to the world. The world's very active anyway, before yeah. CrossFit, you know, this from Columbia, yeah. bunch of fucking soccer players. Um, <laughs> but no, what I think it, it, it does is it's really tapped into people's core of just what, what, what humans are, man. We we're not built to just sit around and do nothing. Yeah. You know, our, our, our earliest DNA programming is to get out and we're fucking hunters and gatherers is what we go do. We go find food, we bring it back and we expend some energy in killing things so we can eat them. Yeah. That's what like yeah. humans are. We weren't built to just sit around the house for 19 days and not do anything. Like mm -hmm. everyone's figured that out. Even people who are not in shape, people, they want to, or they try, you know what I mean? They're trying to do something. Um, I don't know if you, you may have seen some of my stupid little fucking workout videos I was doing in my apartment. Yeah. I, I was just... Yeah. Cause I, I refused. I, there was no part of me that was going to not work out or do something still. I even started running again, bro. I don't run. You know that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, and I haven't given it up yet. So I, I run a lot more. Um, I finally got my rack into my garage so I can, you know, lift again. And, and our gyms open back up. It's very limited with how many people and the stuff you can do. You know, we make the best of it, but Man, like I think about that because out here it's not like South Orlando. Like there's no time you could go into South Orlando CrossFit and not just die from sweating because it's so hot. Yeah. But I think about that because that's like one of the big precautions out here is like monitor the sweat, sweat and all. Yeah, monitor all that. I'm like, how are they doing that in Orlando of all places? Well, here's <laughs> the thing. At the beginning, uh, it was like 50% or 25% capacity, I think it was. Oh. Um, but I feel like the governor now gave up on the whole like percentages yeah, and he's like, fuck it. Let's open everything up. Everything is open over here. Uh, some people are requiring masks. Like if you go to uh, the restaurants and things like that, but restaurants are full capacity. You just wear your mask while you're walking, which makes no sense. Like, yeah. You then walk, you sit down and you, yeah, it's like go to the bathroom, put it on, but you're still like with your mask out. Um, the gyms are full capacity now, but a whole, a whole lot of gyms closed too. I would imagine. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, um, you can, you can do the math on a gym you know what you pay a month, you know, how many members you have. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I was wondering how that was working. I was wondering how Trev and everybody was doing with everything like that. But oh, and, and, and they set up a system to clean up the bars every time. And people yeah. are, are already like used to it now. Like there's uh, hand sanitation, uh, sanitizer stations and they wipe off the barbells. They actually just got brand new barbells. Um, so they're all like, yeah, nice cause in South, like, well, Orlando's humidity is rough on barbells, man. Yeah. 
Like you come out to California, you won't see any, every bar, you know, five years, six years old, they still look brand new. You go to Orlando, it's the, the humidity, oh. they look like, bro, I got this bar last month. And it looks like metal. It's, yeah, it looks like it's rusted, it's 20 years old. The, the yeah. conditions. You remember what we went to in uh, the one for Sean's wedding down in St. Thomas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, St. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, it was, but that gym was like six years old and everything looked like it was straight yeah. out of the fucking 40s, man, because of the, the yeah. salt in the air as well and the humidity. Yeah, it's just, it's rough on, it's rough on metal. But no, that's, that's, uh, I'm glad you guys are figuring out. I think that's one of the best things though, is like this mandatory sanitizing and just cleaning stuff mm-hmm. it sucks for the bars, like the, the bar. Cause yeah. they're slippery all the time. Well, I actually like the Russian <laughs> bar. I never go into the brand new ones or the soft ones. Cause that's dangerous. <laughs> it is. It really is. Uh, so for a while we couldn't have chalk. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. so now we still we can't have chalk out. We, you can bring your own, but you can't like there's no chalk buckets or anything. You have to have your own chalk, which I, I already had plenty of, but still like we can't do that. Um, <laughs> but no, like the 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 weird thing that I've seen, I don't know about you, because a lot of distilleries out here started making hand sanitizer for businesses and oh, stuff awesome. and sending it right. So today, man, I, I I noticed this today. Like I went in like. Where I go, you have to hit the sanitizer before you come in. You got to come in with a mask, hand sanitizer, then you can take your mask, blah, 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 and go out the same way. But like today when I did it, it was the, the hand sanitizer smelled like straight tequila, bro. Like I was ready to just, I was ready to throw up before the workout. Yeah. It was bad. It was so strong. I'm like, Justin, like the coach, I'm like, is it me? He's like, no, it smells like tequila. I'm like, you guys got to stop doing this. Like it's the, it's the distilleries, man. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Um... I had the same uh, happen to me with uh, vodka flavor. Mm. We got one of those. Like in my office, I have one that smells like straight vodka. Yeah. 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 Which is gross because I hate vodka. Anything clear, I hate. (laughs) Drink more bourbon. Well, Aguardiente is uh, it's doable in in single shot serving. I I can do one. Yeah, go ahead. It's time. You have one of these? You remember? Uh, uh somewhere that was from the wedding yeah i have yeah, it somewhere i have it somewhere i'm gonna need you to do one you need to catch I haven't up seen the wedding so this is for you that is true i appreciate this i want everyone to take notice he's not drinking bourbon but he is participating in the 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 fueling of the show via what are you drinking again oh aguardiente and it is from colombia no sugar sugar free it's very healthy for you thank you all right, you do that. I'll do this. On a Monday. Wow. Hey, every day is the same. You wouldn't know what day it was if we didn't invent the calendar, bro. So don't worry about it. Plus, the Mayans did that shit anyway, and their calendar is all dicked up. They're dead anyway. It doesn't matter. I don't yeah, know. but now I want to go party. That's, that's not wrong. Get on a plane. Fly over to California. It would be perfect. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. I don't know. Have you flown since this, since you came yeah. back? Where'd you yeah, go? We, went to, we went to New York. Uh, oh, that's about, right. You did go to New York. Okay. How was that? Because that's probably one place in the States I would not go, man. Like New York scares me at this point. It was, we went to New Jersey. We, uh, we stayed in New Jersey, but it was so cool. Was it? It was really cool. Yeah. Have you guys of, been the, there before or no? Yeah. Yeah. We've been okay. here a couple of times, but we took the baby. Yeah. I saw, that was, I saw um, was walking around in Times Square. That was cute. Yeah. And it was, you know, it wasn't busy. It was like a little traffic maybe like a few people out there that's nothing crazy but the lights were on so it's like mm. this is perfect see that was weird because i took 
I took my daughter when I came back from my last deployment in 2015. We went to New York City for Christmas Eve for four days. And I took Jazara, I took my daughter out to Times Square to see the lights and everything. Dude, I almost lost her. And that's with me holding her hand because there's just yeah. so many people. Many like, people yeah. I would never do it again. Like, once done, I have no desire to do Like, I love the city, but I'm never going to Times Square. Not during Christmas. Even the trains. Trains felt like they were so clean and sanitized that it was like, all right, this is nice. But that's how the airport was. We flew out of San Francisco. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. I was like, man, there's like 10 people in here. This is great. I wish it was always like this. But yeah, probably no, it was, the only thing is that, you know, they're not as open as we are here. So yeah. if we go to a restaurant, you have to eat outside or find a restaurant that has like outdoor seating. Yeah. Um, and we got kicked out of our Starbucks. Because <laughs> you didn't have your mask on? No, we 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 had our mask on, but we were. Uh, <laughs> I was buying the coffee, and Daniela was like fixing the the baby's like stuff, you know, the, the, yeah, the yeah. Uh, And then I bring I brought the two coffees, took the little cap off or whatever, and drinking while she's fixing, and he's like, "You gotta get out, you gotta get out." And Daniela, you know, typical Daniela. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What? I'm just fixing. so i was curious about that though because so like out here once the rain stops in the spring like it won't rain here for six months like it hasn't rained here i think it rained once in june just randomly but it hasn't really rained since like march april whatever but we can get away with doing all that outdoor seating and stuff because it never rains but i'll say like orlando it rains every day at some point you know like I was curious how, how that was working, but you say they're completely open. So yeah. Go eat inside. Anywhere. Yeah. You can go anywhere. <laughs> have you guys had, have you guys caught anything? Like COVID? No. Yeah. No. So I'm curious. Cause uh, so I definitely had it. Uh, I like, I lost my sense of smell and taste for about a week and that was it. I didn't have anything else. I just remember I was out grilling cause I, I grill every night and I drink bourbon every night. And I was like, ah, the sweet, delicious bourbon. And then like one night I couldn't taste anything. <laughs> and I tie it back to either two places. It was either when I went to San Francisco to the giants, like season ticket event, it was in February and we're out there, you know, on the field, thousands of people. And then also, it happened before this whole thing happened. Wow, well, I don't know. Well, that's when they theorized everything was coming in from China because San Francisco is the main hub from China. Everybody comes here from the from the Pacific, right? Uh, and I'm in the Bay Area, so whether it was in San Francisco or not, I'm around people who come in and out Silicon Valley. It's a huge mecca of just there's international travel all the time, kind of like Orlando, same thing. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. And then I was also like, I did a road trip with Maddie. We went up to Oregon and in February, and I remember getting up there and. Like the first night, all I just out of nowhere, I like, dude, it was like eight o'clock at night. And I felt like I needed to sleep for like a day. Like I had no energy. I just wasn't. And it came out of nowhere. I don't know why. All I did was drive. Right. So it was either then or it was at that event. And then that happened to me like probably early March. And then I was fine. And then Maddie, she got it. And she's actually took the test, the antibody test. And she definitely has it. She was bad. Have you, have you taken the antibody? No, I mean, I just assume I had it. I don't need to spend money on it. It's just, you know, I assume I had it. Um, so she got it. And she was bad because she's asthmatic. She had a history of pneumonia and all. So she was really bad for like two weeks. Like I didn't go around her or anything because she was just so, wasn't yeah. good. And then my parents got it in June, like May. 
my parents got it, both of them. And my dad, like my dad's just not a very, he's just had a ton of health issues. You know, he's 71 now and he's just by the grace of God and how stubborn and just strong willed he is, he's still alive. But when he caught it, like I was expecting the worst. Cause I was just like, well, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? And, but they're fine. Like they overcame it. They were they're The only thing they really had was like a fever and they were tired, but right. my dad's sense of taste has kind of been dicked up for a while, but yeah. So who yeah, knows? I heard that taste for, for a little while, like the scent, the loss of taste or smell. Her still hasn't, Maddie's hasn't came back yet. They're still yeah. like, this is, we're going on. She had it in March, dude. It's fucking October. And like you can fart anywhere. yeah coffee smells horrible to her like she can't taste certain things but what's what sucks is she's in the wine industry man like that's like a big like it's a big thing for her she needs to be able to taste stuff so yeah um but that's kind of like like i feel like but it's also weird because my brother lives in southern california and his family like they haven't had any of it i just feel like pretty much everyone up here where i'm at i think i mean no i mean i i've around me like one of my employees had it um and all his family members at home but he was with us let's say that wednesday then he went on a trip to miami thursday and then on friday he was positive but he was with us 48 hours before that so we all went and got tested a couple of friends let's not say any names here but i was very (laughs) close with around them and i was like figure this uh out and then it's like no i don't have it or I, didn't, I, I haven't gotten any symptoms. So I, I don't know if I'm asymptomatic, maybe a addict, or I don't know. I don't know. I, I almost want to do the test just to see if I did or not. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to uh, give it to you for free now, because like when I was trying to figure out when I had it, we were still in that stage where like, oh, you have to just, you have to exhibit this and none of that, none of it, like the loss of sense and the smell and taste wasn't a symptom that they would test for at the time. Now you can go uh, get it for free or whatever. So I would say if you can get it for free, then yeah, go do it. But like at the time, my mom was telling me to go get it. I was like, no, I'm not spending 180 bucks just to, to know what I already know. Like yeah. how many bottles of bourbon I can get for 180 bucks. That's where my priority lies. So no, I just never did it, man. Um, but two weekends ago, I was hanging out with my Colombian friends and we were drinking Aguardiente. Of course. And, you, you know, after a while, you know, you just share the little cups and you're like, ha ah, ah, ha ah, ha and yeah. laughing and doing all of this, you know, <laughs> being all not protective. Well, next morning, she was sick. The following day, got tested positive. And I'm like, we're literally all around you. Like, and you didn't get it then are, either? It's just her. And we were like seven of us around that table. Daniela's been okay? Yeah. Nobody in the family? Mm-hmm. Knock on wood, though. No, Let's no I know. Like, I got a wood. Uh, <laughs> no, but I think that's the problem, man, is um, I don't know. I don't really know what to think at this point. I really don't. I just. I don't know. I, I was talking. I was talking to my brother about it because you know I had so many like instances and people around me mm. with it, but my family, the close knit, it's thirteen of us, and none of us. Yeah. Thank baby Jesus, uh, having had any symptoms. Yeah, especially you were in Spain, like you were at like kind of the European almost ground zero for that thing, and then you had the travel, then you went to the airport, and you went to another country, like you were. There was, was a like chance that you could have been exposed. Yeah, like you could have for sure. Yeah. Um, and then especially like the little kid, the little one. Um, I feel like she'd have been all right anyway. But yeah, I think that's kind of what we're figuring out, man, is just, uh, I don't know. Like, because 
I, I don't know. I don't know if there's just different versions of it or not. Cause uh, college football, right. Nick Saban, do you know who Nick Saban is? So uh, well, Alabama. yeah, the Alabama code, he tests positive like last Wednesday and then like, Oh, he had three negative tests in a row and he gets to coach Saturday. So I'm like, wait a minute, what happened to like 14 days automatic? Like, you know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. Is it, is it, is it something or is it not? Is it that serious or are we just making this? Well, is it is the same with Trump? He was like, positive and then he was doing here uh, in in florida in sanford here down the road yeah his uh yeah what do you call the campaign the rally the rally yeah like nothing that's what i'm like, saying like i i don't i don't know if we've just purposely done this because it's an election year like i don't know that would be my like that's my first guess like if this yeah. happened last year and like tw- or even like 2018 would we have done what we did as a country i don't know i don't know but elections next like two weeks bro did you vote yet are you voting on the election day no i have my my uh, my early voting thing yeah i sent sent my little absentee ballot in i still technically vote in florida so oh you do yeah my home of record is florida so uh i still i still vote for that like if I was out here, my vote doesn't matter out here. It's 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 always going to be one thing. So at least in Florida, it's still there's like four states where it still counts. Florida's one of them. So it's exciting, bro. You got to make sure you participate. That's yeah. good. Okay. Well, make sure you fill it uh, out. What? Yeah, no, I'm gonna send it. What what address are you using? Tia's address? No, I use uh, my original home of record where I grew up in Kissimmee. Oh. Pine Ridge Circle. What? Uh, yeah, go to Pine Ridge. Pine Ridge used to be. Uh, Nice area, and it's just. Uh, Wait, you were born in Kissimmee? No, I was born in New Jersey. We uh, moved to Florida when I was five, so I grew up in Point or Kissimmee, just south of Point Siena. I went to Point Siena High School. So. Wow, I was talking shit about Kissimmee earlier. It's worth talking shit about. It, it used to be I very bet. nice. It's not very nice anymore. That's why I say when you said like this apartment complex, Kissimmee, I'm like, yeah. I probably know it well. So yeah. <laughs> no, I remember we we moved to Michigan. Yeah, I know Michigan. I very close to that. So w- when we first moved to Florida, I grew up in the Dorado Apartments, which is near Highland. That Highland. area, Highland. Yeah. I went oh, to Highland. yeah. Don't yeah. don't don't again, don't again. Yeah, in that area. Uh, so yeah, I know I I, I know Kissimmee, man. I, I grew up in Kissimmee when it was very nice, and I watched it turn into what it is now. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, <laughs> hey no it started it started right around the time i was graduating it started 99 but then no unfortunately like when the 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 economic crisis hit in 2008 as you know it affected all of florida but kissimmee for sure like because my parents still had a home there and they had the, and the, and my dad had just retired and uh, they couldn't sell that house for like five years but overnight that house went from like 280,000 to 70 and they built it in the eighties for 85. So oh. you think about like, that's what I'm saying. Like you, you totally remove the housing values, but when you think about it, when you remove housing values, what happens? Low income moves in, unfortunately criminal element tends to follow that. And you get what Point Siena and most of Kissimmee has become even St. Cloud to an extent is getting that way, but yeah. no. And that's the problem is like most areas can, you know, I hate to say gentrify and gentrification because that's what takes place usually like Seattle, Brooklyn, um, where things drop in value and people from the outside come in and, and 
turn them into nicer areas and it moves out that element but there's no there's no there's nothing around Kissimmee or Point Santa to support that like there's no business jobs or anything the only thing there really is Disney and that's not enough to more that yeah it's not enough to support it and it's too far away so you know it probably is what it is I don't think it'll ever get back to what it was bro Disney fire a ton of people like in the last like two or three weeks like Mm -hmm. a lot and that's gonna it's gonna affect us a lot in the next couple but that's why I said like would we have done this in if it wasn't an election year and we didn't and like well I wouldn't say we but if people didn't like the president as much as they dislike him would they have done this that's why i say like it's 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 very suspect and you have to wonder um because i do have a theory like if 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 biden wins i feel like everything's gonna just magically everything will be fine and just in time for the thanksgiving holiday travel season you'll be able to come and go you going to columbia anytime soon bro i missed your bachelor party i was very upset uh, another story. <laughs> <laughs> I know I missed it, and I wanted to go to that one. If there was ever a bachelor party I wanted to go to, it was to Columbia. I didn't get it to was go. Fun. I bet. Yeah. You want to tell but me? I'm just kidding. There are gonna be more times. <laughs> uh, no, we we had a trip planned for uh, the end of when was it? The end of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going for Thanksgiving this for year. Two weeks. Yeah, this year. Can you go? And we just got a we, we just got an email uh, last Friday that our trip got canceled because Colombia it's also starting into not starting but they've been going through like really rough times with this COVID uh, thing. Yeah. But they are actually they freak out a lot, so the entire countries are about to shut down again. Are you guys dual citizens? We are. So can you still go? Technically, or no? I can go in, but uh, they don't want. They don't. They don't. They're not accepting. Like they have a lot of rules. Like apparently, yeah. you you have to get a test, a pos- a negative test, seventy two hours before you get there. Once you mm-hmm. get there, you get fourteen days of quarantine, and you have to stay in your air in your uh, room. That's stupid. For fourteen days, and okay. apparently, they physically send an officer <laughs> to your room. That's that's how that's how like Hawaii was doing it for a while. It's like oh for real, yeah. Hawaii was. I think they're finally starting to open up because their economy is just completely collapsed because it's all tourism based. But when this whole thing started, yeah, like if you flew to Hawaii, you had to quarantine like that for fourteen days. Who's gonna do that? Who's got who's got time and money to just sit in a hotel for fourteen days? Like that's what five thousand dollars just to sit in a hotel? No, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can <laughs> go because we were going to stay with daniela's uh family so yeah you know but you can't uh, even do that right the airlines actually canceled the flights for us we didn't even call they they sent us an email saying that we can't fly because they're gonna they're about to shut down again see that's what is that's i think america's economy as much as i already highlighted some of the service-based stuff that we've shifted to and rely upon can ultimately sustain this long term but some of these other countries, Colombia, Spain, whatever, some of those countries in the European Union, I grant they've got European Union protection, but South America doesn't have anything like that to kind of rely on each other, right? Like they're all independent nations who just, yeah. yeah. Well, what does Colombia rely upon most probably for, it's probably tourism, right? No, uh, mm-hmm. lately it's been tourism, but since, you know, the whole thing with. with yeah, the that's what I'm saying. Like what, what, what can they, what are they doing? That's what's, 
kind of right now or before it was coffee uh, a lot mm -hmm. of agriculture uh they uh export a lot of that um leather coffee yeah. gold uh, when it was good <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah they, they had a lot of like different trades and things that they can export you know but lately you know Colombia has been like a destination yeah guardiente <laughs> You know, every single ABC, the liquor stores around my area, they carry you know it now. It's because of me. I believe it. And just for you, I'm going to go look at one of my stores and see if I can find it there. And if not, I'm going to be like, look, I need to buy a bottle. I need to support my mm. Colombian people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to support them. You have it behind, you know, one of those bottles should be one of those. It should. You know what? You're right. As I break the microphone here no you're right i should do that no i will i will get one that's a good that's a good idea see the, the bar back there that's part one part two is up there i don't have enough space like i had in the old place to display everything but that's the good stuff for the most part i will get a bottle of the finest aguardiente is that the only brand is there any other brand it's the one that i like because it's okay. no sugar so it's healthy yeah it's true <laughs> <laughs> Now, I do recognize, I, I recognize that label. I see that one all the time. So, okay, I will, I will effort that search for that and try and find it. I'll just go on ABC and, and try and order it. That's what I'll do. There's no ABCs out here, though. So No. We got Total Wine. No, I don't have it. They don't? All right, I'll just go to ABC, and I'll see if they'll ship it out here. Because, you know, California, it's a bunch of fucking communists out here. They don't let you do anything. <laughs> but it is beautiful. That's the trade-off. Yeah. Communism beautiful scenery so i heard i heard the the bay area is struggling with the pollution or the air well it was the fires at first i was really screwing stuff up so what's funny about the pollution you mentioned so a lot of it originally is from the cars right there's a lot of traffic when the pandemic started nobody was driving into the city so like there was this big like oh my god look the air has gotten clear all of a sudden But no, um, yeah, the, so when the fire started, we've had two really bad ones here in the Napa region the last two months, basically last month and a half. And that's really dick the air up. Um, I'll show you a picture. I'll, I'll show it to the audience too. Uh, so, but that's really made the air quality pretty bad. Uh, we're fine now. We, everything's kind of blown out. Uh, it was really bad in the Bay because everything kind of settled down there. Uh, usually the bay is very windy and it can kind of move stuff in and out here. We sit in the Napa Valley. So everything just kind of plops down on top of us. Like, you know, you're from Colombia. you know how the mountains in the Valley is, right? That's, that's Napa. Um, how come you guys don't grow wine there? Do you guys go wine? Yeah, but it's not like, it's not very it's good. Not a, it is good, but it's not like, yeah, I was thinking about wine that. drinkers. No, yeah, I was thinking of that. I'm like, wait a minute, you guys got fucking beautiful mountains and valleys and stuff there. Grow some wine. Do, do, yeah. It's I feel good. like there's only one company that uh, produces really nice wine in Colombia, but I don't think it's a big thing. Okay, so can you see this? All right. Oh. oh so, so that was... Not... Well, yeah, so I don't know how good that looked through the camera, but that was 9 a.m., And if you look at the actual picture, I'll just text you this picture. If you look at the yeah. picture itself, it literally looks like it's nighttime. But this was 9 a.m. in the morning. That's how bad it was. 
Um, and it was like that for about a week and a half. And then it, it gradually got better, but the air was pretty bad for like two weeks. It cleared up. And then all of a sudden randomly, which had to be a human, like three o'clock in the morning, another fire started and it started this whole thing all over again. So that's the issue with the wildfires, man, is they just, there's not a lot you can do up in these hills and these valleys once they start. Um, so it was pretty bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was the morning. It was 9 a.m. What does it smell? Does it feel the earth? Oh, dude, I'd go out on my balcony or get into my truck and it's just covered in ash. It's like that. It's just ash. It's just like raining oh, from the clouds. It, the yeah. On the handwriting. Yeah. So you, it's, it's bad. And it, it, it smells like a campfire, but without, there's no fun. You know, you go to a campfire, usually you're having fun, you're drinking, you're making s'mores. Yeah. There's none of that. There was none of it. It was just, it's just ash, man. But yeah, yeah, you're right. You can wow. see it on the handrail. It was pretty bad, uh, but we're fine now. Things are cleared up. Hopefully the rain will come soon and we can, the rain and the snow up in Tahoe and all that stuff will put a nice little snow cap and get ready for the spring. And hopefully it doesn't happen next year because it seems to be very, not necessarily annually, but it seems to be every few years is when they're really bad. Like the last really bad one was 2017 out here in Napa. Uh, we had a bad one in 2018 up where I was at originally. And that mm -hmm. was, the, that was the, the campfire. It was literally called the campfire. I was up in paradise. Um, that was really bad. There's always, well, you remember when we went to Southern California, remember for the CrossFit games, we were coming back that one night and the whole hills were on fire. Yeah. It's just normal for California at this point, man. I hate to say it like, cause it shouldn't be, but you talk about new normals. I think, I think what people have realized is like the new normals until they do something with the, the forest in like the forestation process of actually so it, out is, it, of, is it poor management well it, see it is poor management but what gets lost in the like the nuance of it is a lot of the land in california is federal land so it's not on the state of california pg and e our electric company out here it's not up to them to maintain it it's kind of up to the federal government to maintain the federal government runs into issues because the state government won't allow them to do stuff so it's just it's a perfect example of like government being government. Like no one can come to a decision so they don't do anything and it just kind of festers. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more of the management side. Cause you know, a, a wildfire in Florida, those happen. I've been in, you know, going down to the Everglades or going down to Miami, you'll see like some of that cypress groves or stuff that have burnt, but it goes out instantly. Cause it's going to have a fucking thunderstorm. Like, you know, <laughs> that same day, like you don't get a really chance. Like a fire starts, it's gone cause of the rain, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like I said, it doesn't rain for six months out here, man. So it's you guys need a little rain, little Florida rain. It rains here every time at three o'clock, every day. This is true, but also the fact that it doesn't rain is allows the soil to be what it is, and the best in the world to grow the wine. So that's why Napa Valley wine is the bomb. Dot com, apparently. <laughs> How corny was that? Who says that? Who says the bomb? Dot com? I just said it though. So you're yeah. right all right bean well thank you for coming on with me i know it's late out there in the uh city beautiful orlando city beautiful yeah. be sure to tell daniela i said hello and remember if you want to get something like this or all the silly little bad at crossfit those, yeah though all this any type of shirts anything you can come up with Pedro and his company Eloquent can make that happen for you. So please look for him on Instagram at either Eloquent Inc. Eloquent Inc. I N C, right? Or I N K? 
INC. <laughs> you never know. You might get really crazy with it. So eloquent Inc. or yeah. underscore Turo underscore P on Instagram. You can find a way to get a hold of him to get all your little products made. Um, <clears throat> go to abc.com, the liquor store, and look for Agua Driente. I'm going to do that after this. But if you don't want to do that again, drink more bourbon. There always will be bourbon. There always will be conversation. And Pedro, thanks again for coming on, brother. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you so much, brother. Right. Love you. Bye. Love you more. Goodbye.